Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Crazy, crazy weekend, and I'm all here for it, baby. My name is Nigel Hammer's over there. So we got threats of government shutdowns. We got uh, congressmen pulling fire alarms to stop the votes. <laughs> you got flamethrower Representative Matt Gates out of Florida wanting the House Speaker fired. And the cherry on the Sunday, the Colts rallying back from 23 down to lose in overtime. It's a lot going on this weekend. All in one weekend, Hammer. A lot going on this weekend. And I was down in Kentucky over the weekend. I was in Louisville. And I'm keeping track of my phone. And one minute, it looks like imminent government shutdown. Yeah. The next minute, they've kicked the can down the road and they've reached a stopgap bill. But that might not have been good enough for some people. Matt Gates is ticked off at Kevin McCarthy because he claims McCarthy promised the Democrats in another bill, not the stopgap one, more money for Ukraine. So basically, it's a good old-fashioned bleep show. Oh, yeah. That's what we're seeing yeah. right now. Welcome to American politics. Welcome to Republican politics, actually, because the Democrats seem quite... Uh, I don't know how we should... How, how should I say? They seem... Um, in unison. They're united. Right? They are They are united. And uh, the Republicans don't seem to be very united. So when a point. Democrat lies or says something redamnediculous, the rest of the Democrats follow suit. Yeah, I totally believe that Representative pulled that fire alarm, didn't know yeah. that it was a fire alarm. They're even on the united front behind that Jamal Bowman guy that pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> I can't believe it. He used to be a principal in school and led fire drills and instructions on how to get kids out. And he's familiar with what a fire alarm is. But here's what happened. This Jamal Bowman guy, Democrat, um, says he is was rushing to get in the, to that stopgap vote on time, was running behind. One of the doors was locked, so he, he thought to unlock the door, you pulled the fire alarm. He claims he didn't know it was a fire alarm. He thought it was something else, and that would unlock the door. And lo and behold, it seems kind of insurrectiony me. Insurrectiony to me, don't you? You're, you're oh, causing, explain. Well, I mean, of course, you're stopping a congressional vote on purpose. Oh, it's a threat to democracy. Know. A threat to democracy. January sixth. Okay. On purpose. Some people claim. I'm just saying. He doesn't say it was on purpose, but you, you were actually successful in delaying a congressional vote. So it's so one shut of down two the things. Government. It's clearly yeah. one of two things here, based on his excuses. Either he did this intentionally to delay the vote because he wanted the shutdown to happen so he could blame Republicans. Absolutely. Or, and I can't stress this enough, he's stupid. <laughs> it's one of those two things. And you know what? It could be a combination of both. Let's hear from Democrat Representative Jamal Bowman. You know, I don't know why this has gotten so much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. Are you afraid of any repercussions, either from leadership or from legal aid? Uh, I mean, listen, I take responsibility for what I did, you know, but like I said, I was in a rush to go vote, and, uh, you know, the investigation will, will, will sort everything else out. Uh, have you talked to Jeffries about it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's David. Yes. How was that conversation? Well, I got to keep that between me and the leader, so I'm not going to share that publicly. Yeah, we've been in touch with each other. I bet Hakeem Jeffries like smacked him on the back of the head. You idiot! <laughs> now I got to go out and defend your ass. <laughs> How am I supposed to do that? But they defended they him, did, though. Oh, sure. Him, AOC, AOC yeah, all yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah. 
They all said, you know what? We've all been there before where you're trying to get into a door and you just say, screw it and pull the fire alarm. (laughs) What? I mean, if if that would have been anybody, name a Republican, Congressman Banks, uh, Congressman Gates, they'd be behind bars. It'd be Insurrection 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, Here is Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He was on Fox and Friends this morning discussing Bowman. Well, first of all, we're going to go through the investigation. What's really interesting, this is a former principal. He knows what a fire alarm is. This is a man that has gone out and yelled at members, and his behavior has been unbecoming. But what's interesting, if it really was just an accident, when the Capitol Police came to interview you, why would you lawyer up right away? Yeah. Why why wouldn't you say, oh my gosh, I made a mistake here. Why would you let it go on? You know how to get to the Capitol. Yeah. So you okay. think he knew this was all Oh, everybody. If you know this individual, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And if you've been a principal, you've had fire alarms and you've had children pull <laughs> fire alarms. And he was a principal before he became a member of the House of Representatives. If anything sums up what happened in D.C. this weekend, all the chaos, all the shenanigans, it's Illinois representative, a Republican, Mike Boast. He was ticked off because these bills kept coming out fast and furious, and the representatives did not have enough time to read the bills, and he felt like he was letting his constituents down by having to vote on a bunch of crap that nobody's had time to read. And not the American way. These damn bills that come out here all the damn time come out here in the last and I gotta try to figure out how to vote for my people. How ashamed of are you should be. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I'm sick of it. Every year we give power to one person. It was not made that way in the Constitution. He was around when it was written. Now we give we passed rules that stop each one of us. Enough! Feel like somebody trying to be released from Egypt. Let my people go! <laughs> God, they sent me here to vote for them. They sent me here to vote for them, to argue for them. But I'm trapped. I'm trapped by rules that have been forced down our throats. Folks, we live in a democracy, but not here, but not here. So you go back and you tell your people, I'd like to do that, but the speaker has so much power, so much control, and each one of us doing their districts. I like this guy. I mean, you know, it's funny you have Speaker McCarthy talking about Jamal Bowman's erratic behavior. <laughs> Mike uh, Mike kind of went off the deep end there a little bit, too. We were just a couple <laughs> minutes away from, if you're not going to recover, Greg Graham, yeah. if you're just going to let him drive by you, then I'll make you run till you can't eat supper. I'm not here to screw around this week. I mean, full Bob Knight mode was oh. getting ready to happen right there. But he's right. I agree with him. Um, the biggest guy in Washington, of the course, is the big guy. 10% for the big guy. So let's not waste any more time. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. If I'm elected, we're going to cure cancer. The president has a big dick. So, in a recent interview, Hair Sniff McGee, Joe Biden. He loves sniffing hair. He loves to nibble on children and sniff that hair, which is not okay. But he did an interview where he said his policies, not only are they okay, they're overwhelmingly popular. Look, 
if you take a look at all what I propose, they're overwhelmingly popular <laughs> with the American people. He knows no, it's not, nothing a I joke. propose is extreme. Maury Povich, is that true? The lie detector determined that was a lie. Yeah, that's a lie because 73% of Americans say that this country is on the wrong track. And that's not from a Fox News poll or a Trafalgar poll. This is coming from CNN, The Washington Post, and NBC. The average score is 73% think this country is on the wrong track. Plus, he said, I've never proposed anything that extreme except going out on the campaign trail and promising to shut down the fossil fuel industry. I don't know. Just for starters. Hundreds of thousands of jobs lost. If that was your, if you had it your way, I seems extreme to me. Just a tad. Same interview. Yes. He said that Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter is really the reason all the fake news is out there on the internet. Where do people get their news? They, 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 you know, they go on the internet. They, 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 they go online. They go, and you have no notion whether it's true or not. You mean kind of like uh, the Steele dossier and the Russian collusion hoax? I'm, I'm assuming there's a follow-up question there. And you could also bring up, oh, I don't know, your crack-smoking son's oh, laptop. yeah, sure, the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. That story right. was true, and then it was suppressed before Elon Musk. Uh, Joe Biden says his angry democracy speeches, in which you know he smears half the country, they're actually important because it gives people hope. And when you when you talk to people, like for example, the speech I recently made on democracy, I made about four major speeches on democracy. Initially, with notable exceptions, people thought, "What's Biden talking about here?" Well, you know, that has showed that over 60 percent of the American people they were worried too, and that's one of the reasons why 2020 turned out the way it did. 2022 mm-hmm. turned out the way it did, and so I think it's important that for to give people some hope. Oh, so saying ridiculous racist things gives people hope? <laughs> that happens, Joe? You've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, the workers without high school diplomas. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Mm, some great speeches inspire hope and unity. Yeah, Joe Biden's all about hope. He wants to give people hope. Like that time that he called out a fat potential voter <laughs> and challenged him to a push-up contest. If you want to check my shape on it, let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Look, look, fat, look, here's the deal. <laughs> look at all that hope being spread by Joe Biden right uh, there. I can feel the unity. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read Boo's News because it's really fun. What's your lips? It's so good. It's Boo's News, Oh, this is genius. Outright genius. American ingenuity at its finest. Ultra Right. The beer brand that launched as a woke-free Bud Light alternative raked in a half a million dollars in just 12 hours after it released its special edition can 
that featured the historic mugshot of former President Trump. <laughs> I'm staring at it right now. You go to ultrarightbeer.com, and it's uh, it's just, I mean, I'm probably I've never tasted it. Probably just the regular American-style lager. A Pilsner, probably. Sure, yeah. Um, so, who is this guy? This Who is this dude that's doing this? It's, it's, so, Seth... Uh, Weathers is the guy's name. He's the founder. And when Bud Light was going through their identity crisis, he thought, you know what? The market is right <laughs> right know. now. I'm going to put out there a beer that's so far right. We're going to call it ultra right. And it's going to be the patriotic beer, the people who are tired of all this woke bull crap. He sat down and did an interview with Fox. It's, it's wild what's going on right now. And it just shows that Americans are looking for companies that are not woke, um, that support their American values, our American values. And we have uh, seen this brand blow up overnight and we're continuing to grow. We um, just got what many people or pretty much everyone, especially the experts said would never happen. And we have statewide distribution here in the state of Georgia now, the state of Arkansas, and quite a few other states lined up that'll be rolling out of the next few months. So this is gonna be a forever <laughs> brand that um, supports the values of our, of our drinkers. The, the Trump mugshot can, it's a black can with golden lettering says limited edition conservative dad's revenge <laughs> is the name of the trump mugshot beer conservative dad's revenge is it still on sale or is it one of those limited time only it's, things it's that's... limited time only and only available in alaska arkansas delaware georgia illinois hawaii mississippi new hampshire rhode island and utah so no I indiana don't, i don't and i don't know what the laws are. I don't know if I can actually order beer from out of state. I don't know if that's that's a law, if you could do that through the mail or not. Uh, but I would definitely, yeah, sure, that'd be on my list. My grandfather, um, he had one of the original beer cans from the first football game at the Hoosier Dome, because they had Hoosier Dome beer, their own oh, beer, yeah. their own cans, and he saved one. He brought one home. That's awesome. It's still somewhere. I've got it somewhere. He gave it to me. Uh, more booze news story from the New York Post. Married pilot snorts cocaine off topless woman in booze-fueled romp right before a flight. Oh, oh my God. I've seen this movie. It's called Flight with Denzel Washington. <laughs> Based off of text messages, Mike Beaton, a pilot with British Airways, had a pretty solid night um, <laughs> before his flight to Johannesburg last month. According to leaked text messages, there were large amounts of alcohol, cocaine, Cocaine being snorted off the chest of a topless woman. And on top of that, Mr. Beaton's a married father oh, of one. No. So he has now been fired from his job as a pilot well, because I, he failed the I, drug I test. I would submit that uh, Denzel Washington's character flew the plane even better after it started going haywire because of the <laughs> night he had before. There's that scene, if you've never seen it, where he has to flip the plane upside down as it's landing in a field and then flip it back over because because of his uh, actions, he saved an entire... It's fiction, of course. It's sure. Movie. It's not real. <laughs> Is it in the top three Denzel movies? Ooh, no. Uh, I mean, Training Day is probably up there. I need to go through the... You can't just ask me that on top of Remember my Remember the Titans, um, I think, is in my top three. I like Remember maybe. the Titans. Um, and then The Equalizer is killer. Just a killer movie. And yeah, Flight's really good. 
What about Saint Elsewhere? Remember that show? Was wasn't he a doctor on the TV show oh, Saint Elsewhere, no where he was the nurse and like I think I Ed no Begley idea. Jr. was also in it. I know he was in some oh. sort of medical show, and I think it was Saint Elsewhere, but I could um, be wrong. And he was in the submarine movie with uh, Gene Hackman. How can I forget the name of? I can't come up with that. All these names. Really good underrated movie called The Book of Eli was really good. Um, let's see what else. Courage Under Fire was excellent. Crimson Tide, that's the movie I'm thinking of. And then, of course, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. I knew the name of that sub-movie, but I refused to say that name because I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. (laughs) Sorry. I was going to let you sit there and suffer, but I just can't say those words. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor, host of the Gun Guy Show here Saturdays on 93 WIBC. Guy Relford live in studio. How are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and uh, PA Jewelers located right in the store. Man, I, I saw it. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you done? No, all good. Um, I, uh, I saw the Facebook post about one of your clients being exonerated. Somebody tried to break into their house in the middle of the night, and they the husband responded with with deadly force. Yeah. Take us back to the beginning here. Tell us all about it. Yeah, and this is a big deal. It's a big a big deal for, for gun owners generally, and that is that um, this was a civil case, uh, because mm-hmm. there, was, there was never a criminal prosecution at all, because my client's husband and wife in Indianapolis asleep in their own beds, three o'clock in the morning, minding their own business, and all of a sudden, somebody's just pounding on their front door, and the, the dog's going crazy, and then uh, my client goes to investigate, and it's somebody putting his, his shoulder into the door and kicking on the door, oh and he's screaming incoherent things, and, and my client yells at him and says, man, go away, you know, I just go away, and the guy's screaming at him, let me in, let me in, let me in, and he's kicking on the door and putting his full weight into the door. And my client is, 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 is concerned, obviously. At this point, he goes to get his handgun, at which point the, the guy outside goes around to the back of the house and starts pounding on the back door. He tries to get in through the back door, but it's locked, too, by the grace of God. And he's now pounding on the back door, demanding to be let in. My client goes back there and says, man, I've got a gun. Go away. And... The guy uh, keeps kicking on the door and at that point breaks the rear window next to the door and 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 my client's standing right there. He goes, man, I've got a gun. Go away. And he goes, you're, you're going to have to shoot me, B-word. Uh, you're going to have to shoot me. At which point... My client shoots him, and fully justified. The guy's trying to gain entry. That's why we have a castle doctrine. And so uh, even though he wasn't in the house, he was actively trying to get into yes. the house. And the castle doctrine says very specifically: this is part of the Indiana self-defense statute, and it says you can use reasonable force, including deadly force, with no duty to retreat, if you're either preventing or terminating an unlawful entry into your home. Now it goes on and says more things, but relevant to this case, it says to if you're preventing or terminating an unlawful entry to your home. So, absolutely, clearly justified. He was never prosecuted for a crime. Now, let, 
Now, let me guess here. The family of the guy trying to break into the house tried to sue the homeowners. Yes. Yes. You are wise beyond your years, even though it's your birthday, still beyond your years. Thank you. Thank you. And and that's exactly what happened. And listen, I've been down this road before, and I've represented some real heroes uh, who still got sued uh, after having been heroic. Uh, But that's why I I wrote, and uh, the legislature passed in 2019, uh, our self-defense immunity law in Indiana. And it says, if you're justified in using force to defend yourself or others, then you can't be sued for that. You have complete immunity. And it provides it provides a mechanism. There's a lot of legalese in this. I won't bore our, our audience with that, but it's a way to get a, a lawsuit dismissed early. And then there's a mandatory attorney's fees award, which says that if you get a case dismissed under the immunity statute, the, the, the persons who sued you have to pay your legal bills, have to reimburse you. Man, it's sickening how these criminals and the families of criminals often get rewarded. And Nigel and I have spent a lot of time talking about how we think it's ridiculous. The family of Dreshawn Reed got a settlement from the city of Indianapolis yeah. because basically, from what we were told, the city didn't want to fight, you know, to go to court and fight for what was right. They just paid off the family of a guy who tried to murder one of their officers. And by the way, uh, the statute that I wrote and we passed 2019 would have uh, protected uh, the city and uh, the officer involved, who we all know, and it was actually another client of mine under different circumstances um, in that case. So that's why we wrote the statute. So but wait a minute, what, what are they? What, what did this the the family sue for? What was their well wrongful death? It's a civil case, and if you if you're the surviving relatives, you can bring a lawsuit and, and, and as the estate of that person and claim wrongful death and there are certain damages you can recover uh, for the death but did the uh, lawyer of know about your do- the your legislation well apparently uh, <laughs> when they filed a lawsuit I, I don't know but i filed an answer and as an affirmative defense as we call it uh, i put in here you can't sue for this we have immunity for this and there's an attorney's fees uh, provision and we're asking for an award of attorney's fees after dismissal then we had to file a separate what's called a motion for summary judgment after some discovery uh, and then we had a a, a, a hearing about a, a month ago, right down here in Marion County at the New Justice Center. And just last week, and this is what you saw published on social media, Nige, uh, just last week, the judge came out, and I really applaud this judge, because it takes some cojones to uh, to step up and, and follow the law in a situation like this, and, and throw a, just throw a case out, right? As opposed to kind of duck the issue and let it go to a jury, which is always kind of a, an out for lawyers, or excuse me, for judges in, in, in civil cases. Uh, but here, this judge uh, had uh, all the intestinal fortitude, stepped up and said, nope, the law is clear under the new immunity statute. There's immunity here. Uh, this case needs to be dismissed, and uh, we're, I'm going to award attorney's fees, and uh, asked uh, for the defendants to submit their uh, final bill for all their attorney's fees, and there's going to be a award of those. So, these people get their case dismissed, and they're going to have to pay my clients back for their lawyer fees. But do you think they'll ever actually see any Well, that's a great question and and i don't know uh i don't know because you know they can just declare bankruptcy i don't know if they have any assets those are roads we can go down in the future uh but hey one of the reasons we we filed this is as a disincentive and and listen if you're a thug or the family of a thug and 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 you've tried to hurt someone or your relative has uh and they get hurt or killed in legitimate justified self-defense 
then don't file a civil lawsuit. Don't try to get rich off the fact that you were a criminal. Were they just hoping that the family would say, let's just settle and get this behind yes, us? absolutely. Because since this happened at a home, there was homeowner's insurance involved. And listen, I didn't represent the insurance company. I represented the individual. He hired me. His, he and his wife hired me personally. But there was also an insurance company involved. And, and I applaud this insurance company because they were willing to say, no, nah, you know what? There's immunity. Let's go forward and not just write a check. That's why we're getting dismissed, get the, get the lawsuit dismissed, and uh, also getting our attorney's fees back. So this is great. And I want to publicize it as much as possible because I want the plaintiff's lawyers out there to get the word to go, this is a really dumb lawsuit to file. Now, look, if there's questionable circumstances, if it's just, you know, if it's, it's you know, a bad guy on bad guy violence and one guy just happens to claim self-defense or whatever other different circumstances, then, hey, take your best shot. But in this in this situation, guy home alone in, in bed with his wife, sleeping, yeah. minding his own business, and some dude tries to break into his house. Now, could he have just been drunk? And I, I actually think this was just a drunk guy who was at the wrong house, but he trying to break in. That's happened to my house years yeah. ago. Same See? thing did it. Yeah, that's right. Didn't something similar happen to you? I had a guy that is, was fresh off beating his girlfriend and decided to run through the neighborhood, methed out of his mind, drugged out of his mind. You could smell the booze. You know, he starts banging on the front door. This was before I had a fire. Firearm, So, you know, I kind of look outside and it's this dude is like, I don't know you go away. So he runs around, hops my privacy fence, goes to the backyard, tries to break down the back door. This is the same scenario. This yeah. is identical. And then he runs back around to the front. I open the front and he tries to come in and I shove him to the ground, shove him outside, call the authorities and they arrest this guy. He had a knife on him. He was bloody. He was just completely whacked out of his mind. That See, same scenario. And I think the message also should be sent to criminals yeah. that well, yeah. decide they want to do a break-in at 3 o'clock in the morning. Whether this guy in particular, in this case, was whacked out of his mind or not, criminals in general should probably understand and know that there is... <laughs> this is Indiana. We still got gun law. We still got we got a lot of guns in Indiana. Well, right. yeah. I mean, we got people trying to take away those gun rights in this well, state. Well, that's right. I mean, who's, but, your, uh, who's who's your guy's favorite sheriff? Oh, Grady Judd. Grady Judd, right in Florida. <laughs> and and what our great, citizens have guns. I encourage them to use guns. They know how to use guns. <laughs> and you try to break into our house in our county, we will shoot you graveyard dead. Graveyard dead. And listen, I don't. I'm not in all seriousness. Um, and I do chuckle over his quotes. Uh, I don't take lightly, and anybody. Who knows me anybody who listens to me on the radio knows I don't take lightly the death of anyone and 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 it's tragic that someone lost their life here but where should the consequences of his actions lie where should the responsibility lie it's not with a homeowner and his wife who are asleep in their bed in the middle of the night minding their own business when someone tries to break down their door this is our home this is this is where we live and Indiana law allows you to use force including deadly force to prevent an unauthorized, unlawful entry into your home. And that's the way the law works. And the new self-defense immunity statute, again, that I wrote, and we passed 2019, proved its worth. In this case, we've got that case thrown out, and my clients are going to get their attorney's fees back. It is Monday, Gun Day. Guy Relford joining us here, 2A attorney and host of the Gun Guy Show every Saturday here at 93 WIBC. So, I see a lot of commercials on television, Guy, where Jeff Jefferson Shreve is Johnny Tough Guy. Yeah. Where was Joe Hawks at during the riot?
riots. Granted, he gets the name of this radio station wrong. They call it WBIC <laughs> instead of WIBC, oh, which that, yeah. just goes to show the attention level that these nerds running his campaign have. Yeah. But at the same time, these commercials are on this radio station and TV. He's sending out mailers that still reminds everybody he's all in on the gun grab. Yeah, it's really true. And what's fascinating to me is that, you know, we had poll numbers finally come out on this. And, you know, we're right at a month before the election. And what was noteworthy to me is not that Joe Hoxett has a 10-point lead over Jefferson Shreve. Um, that's about where you'd expect it, given the unpopularity of Joe Hoxett, but given the amount of Democrat voters that we have here in Marion County. What was interesting to me that it was 47 to 37. I mean, those are just really low numbers for both of them. And I heard one of the analysts come out. And this is one of Abdul. Uh, it was somebody else that came out and said, both candidates are underperforming in terms of the numbers you'd expect to be getting from them. And, and I heard that, and I went, well, you bet. It's so many people saying, neither of these candidates deserve my vote. Neither of them do. Boy, I, and ahead. I just saw the commercial. Did the commercial really? just came on. The TV commercial now has it corrected. It says okay. WIBC. <laughs> oh, is that right? But the mailer still says WBIC. I, guy, I, I think Sharif, and I don't, I don't know him. I bet he's a nice guy. Um, I think in different circumstances, different people he surrounded himself with and could have done better. But I 100%. think he really got spooked by yeah. Joe Hogsett's attack ad saying he's at number one with the NRA. Oh, rated. yeah. Like, it's yeah. some sort of bad thing that people that he's trying to, like, his constituents are going to say, wait, the NRA likes him? I mean, he really got spooked by that. Didn't well, he? I think you're exactly right, and and that's the ad I'm still seeing from Hogsett. For instance, yes. I think it was on during the Colts game yesterday. Uh, yes. Well, what the hell else is Hogsett going to run on? Right. Because there's no wins. Yeah, there you exactly. There's no look what I accomplished. But when I say you know Jefferson Street has an A rating from the NRA, and then they show some supporter of his with a with a with a gun in his in waistband. Place, yeah, at, yeah. I don't know some kind of a press or news conference. Aha. Uh -huh, well, know. that was over by Decatur Central. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and and and, and so you. Right, so so I think he got spooked by that, you know, and this this mind trust of his is just uh, Mark Lubbers, who's his chief strategist, who got um, Senator Luger, uh, you know, uh, out of the Senate by uh, convincing him that he should uh, support an assault weapon ban. He lost with Luger in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> who decides that's After the guy you want to hitch your wagon to? Exactly. He it's like seven. Like imagine the year is 1992, and you're like, I really want to have Michael. Jordan on my basketball team, and then you guys finish in last. Yeah. Like, it's hard to lose with Luger in Indiana unless you turn him into a gun grabber. Well, that's exactly right. And then, so, whatever uh, Shreve's thinking was, he hired the exact same dude to be his chief strategist, and all of a sudden he, now he's getting his butt kicked. But, you know, I saw those numbers, 37 to 47. You know, neither one have 50%. I think that's fascinating, uh, even with a 10-point lead between the two. And I think that's a, a lot of people are just going to pass this one by and say, neither of these people are worth my vote. Not Phil in that on their ballot, even they may vote for city county council or something else. And I think a lot of people are going to write in candidates, assuming that's still technologically feasible with an electronic balloting system. I think you're going to see, uh, like Abdul, get a lot of write-in votes. People are talking about writing in me, even though I'm totally ineligible you know, to be mayor <laughs> in Marion County. I don't, I don't live in Marion oh, County. Oh, you live in a gated community in Zionsville, yeah. according to some yeah. people, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> which is also false, but I do, live in, <laughs> I do live in Boone County in Zionsville. And so, you know, people are talking about 
start writing in me just as a you know blank you to Jefferson Shreve to say right. it's your gun control policies that are preventing me from voting for you. And I think Nigel makes a great point. Like because people are giving me crap. I can't believe what you're saying about Jefferson Shreve. You want oh, Hogsett yeah. to win? Jefferson Shreve might be a nice guy, and I have nothing personally against him. He's getting bad advice, and he's listening to losers. And Abdul today, not me, not Rob, not you, Nige, Abdul even said he needs to fire that staff. That staff of his is going to be the reason why he does not win a very winnable race in Marion County. Totally, absolutely correct. What what he finally woke up, and, and now he's running an ad saying, where was Joe Hogsett during the riots? He finally should, woke up to that should issue. have been running that to begin with. He should have been running that to begin with. Joe Hogsett's record on crime and on prosecuting dangerous criminals and keeping them in jail, that's where he should have been. And instead, he decides to come out and just copy Joe Hogsett on gun control right. and, and alienate his entire Republican base. And that's why so many people are just going to sit this one out. And to your point, I'm getting the same crap from people saying, oh, you're just, you know, you, the Hogsett campaign must be paying you. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you ever heard me talk about Joe Hogsett on the radio? <laughs> have you ever heard you guys talk about Joe Hogsett? I mean, come on. But but the point is that I want to send a message that the way to, to win uh, any race in Marion County as a Republican is not to turn your back on the Second Amendment Bingo. and not to alienate your base. And I want to send that message to Jefferson Shreve. And if he li- loses by epic proportions, I'm totally okay with that because he was going to lose anyway because he totally screwed up his campaign. Now I want him to lose big. So we send him the message. This was the wrong strategy and you had the wrong people around you. And it can't just be a message to Jefferson Shreve. Right. He may be the sacrificial lamb. It has to be a message to the Marion County Republicans. Yes. It has to be a message to the state of Indiana Republicans. Stop giving us people like Holcomb. Stop giving us people like Jefferson Shreve. There's enough support for real Republicans. That's the most important point in this whole discussion. I'm so glad you said it. You're going to be at a night with WIBC, right? Oh, man. I I always look forward to it. The the crowd's always excited. It's great to have the meet and greet beforehand. You and Matt Baer get the biggest pops from the crowd, by the way. It's not even close. Well, because we don't spend all damn night on the stage. That's why we only only come out for, you know. You don't give the audience a chance to hate you like Nigel and I do. (laughs) You know what? Uh, The audience always reacts, and it always means a lot to me. I always get a little misty when when people react. So, no, I can't can't wait. It's going to be a great night. Where can we follow you? Uh, At Guy Relford on Twitter or X, whatever the hell it is. (laughs) At at, at Guy Relford. Got a little Harry Doyle right there. Post-game show brought to you by, ah, hell, I can't find it. The hell with it. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the WIBC hotline. Representative Jim Banks from the great state of Indiana serves in the House of Representatives. Congressman, wild weekend in D.C. Let's get right to it. Tell us how you voted in regards to funding the government and why. Well, it was a 45-day continuing resolution. I've said all along I will not vote for any spending bill that provides more of a focus on what's going on in Ukraine than it does on the United States of America. And that's why I voted against it. It's a 45-day spending bill that keeps spending at the Biden, Pelosi, Schumer levels that was passed in the last Congress that has grown our deficit to $2 trillion. We're at a $32 trillion national debt. And in this trajectory, we're headed toward a $40 trillion national debt because of 
of Joe Biden uh, spending levels. Even for 45 days, I'm not going to vote for a, a short-term spending bill that continues us down that path. So I joined about 100 other Republicans and voted against it. And of course, the narrative that's being pushed out by a lot of the Democrats, even some of the Republicans, Jim Banks and all these other Republicans, you don't want to pay our military. You want to close the government. When you hear that kind of stuff, what's your response? Well, first of all, at this point, we are now spending more in paying that paying off the interest of our national debt than we spend on the entire budget for the Pentagon for our national defense. So, think about that for a minute. I mean, think about wow. if we uh, uh, nearly a trillion dollars in interest um, that we could be spending on roads and infrastructure in our country on developing the the uh, military weapons and technologies that we need to defeat uh, China uh, in the near future and and uh, you know, providing a better education for our kids. Yet we're spending it to pay out to pay off the interest on our debt. We're borrowing money from China uh, and putting ourselves further in debt, and, and and leaving ourselves wide open to be to be wiped out uh, by China even further as they steal our jobs and and uh, take our secrets and give us COVID and and uh, weaken America even further. That this is one this is one way to weaken America is to continue to grow that national debt. I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm one of the most fiscally conservative members of the Congress in any of the scorecards that conservative groups put on. Frankly, guys, I, I didn't vote for hardly any of the spending bills when Donald Trump was in, in the White House either. But uh, what we've seen happen in the two and a half years that Joe Biden has been in the White House, no government in the history of the world has spent as much money as, as it has on this guy's watch. And it's sent our national debt and the deficits through the roof in the way that we have never seen before. I'm not going to go along with that, even if it's for a short period of time. And I, I want to ask you about uh, Donald Trump and his courtroom appearance today in New York. I know you got your um, endorsement for Donald Trump uh, for your Senate run. But it, it, what does it say about the state of our media and our society when we have real problems going on? I mean, the, those numbers you just rattled off are incredible. And all anybody is talking about is the dummy Democrat from New York that ripped down two signs and and pulled a fire alarm. Uh, I mean, like, were you in the like the chamber, or where were you when all that happened? Did yeah, you have to evacuate? Well, I mean, all my colleagues. I'm not. I'm not in that office building. I'm in two office buildings away. Okay. And I, but I, I've tangled with this this guy. This Jamal Bowman is on the education committee with me. Not the not the uh, sharpest knife in the drawer. I think the whole <laughs> world has has uh, you know been let in on that secret, but. Uh, he obviously it's obvious that he was trying to delay the vote or, or you know, he, he didn't want to go across the street to vote on this continuing resolution that passed. Um, he was trying to buy more time. And that's, obviously, that's why he pulled the fire alarm to, to delay the um, what, what was going on during the day. But, but to your point, I mean, you got, you got President Trump in the courtroom. These Democrats will do anything and everything. I mean, there was another I think there was another ruling today about uh, uh, where they're trying to keep Donald Trump's name off the ballot. Twenty twenty four. They've got him in the courtroom. I don't know how many how many dozens of indictments are against this guy. They're, they're, they will do anything and everything to try to block Donald Trump from getting his name on the ballot. Why? Because every single poll that you've seen in the last yeah. uh, 30 days show that Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden because Americans want to go back to the Trump policies. They had America on top instead of the Bi Bidenomics and Biden policies. They're flushing this great country down the toilet. So that, that's what's going on here. The only thing I've seen, I, I haven't kept up a whole lot with the 
with what's going on in the courtroom today. The only thing I did see was that uh, my friend and my favorite president of my lifetime, Donald Trump, ordered McDonald's and had it delivered uh, to the courthouse. Uh, that that was my favorite part of what I saw come out of come out of today. But Donald Trump is a fighter. He fights for America. He's going to fight back. Uh, he has my full support to be president. And I believe he's going to be a great president again. Congressman, go back to this Bowman character, Representative Bowman. Either one of his excuses are embarrassing, whether he didn't know what it was or he did it intentionally. Either one is not good. But I will say this, and Nigel and I have talked about this. The Democrats seem to be locked in. They are a cohesive unit. They will carry his water. They will be a united front. Meanwhile, on the Republican side, we've got a little drama between the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. I know some of the guys in the Freedom Caucus, Matt Gates is kind of the face of this thing. They want Kevin McCarthy replaced. Is there division inside the House Republicans? And where are you at in terms of your support for Kevin McCarthy? Yeah, my, my grandpa always said they're the evil party and we're the stupid party. And right now we look like the stupid party. Mm-hmm. And Pelosi, she, when, when Pelosi tells Democrats, I'll go stand in the corner, or I'll go push the yes button or I'll go push the no button like uh, lemmings, they all get in line and go do what she tells them to do. And that, I think that you're seeing that play out in this case. Um, I'm not happy with how things are going either. I voted against this continuing resolution because it continues to fund uh, the woke policies and the, the big government spending um, of the Biden era. But I'm also realistic about what Kevin Mc- Speaker McCarthy has on his hands. We have a five-seat Republican majority. We had one guy who quit. We got a bunch of old people who, uh, from day to day, you never know who's, who some of these old-timers yeah. that have been around Congress way too long that, that might, might or might not show up because they physically can't get there. It's like a nursing home some days. Um, so you got you got that dynamic. Then you got the, the Democrats control the Senate and the Democrats control the White House. So we have to be realistic here. I mean, what, here, what, what Speaker McCarthy did get done last week is he stopped the blank checks from going to Ukraine. And that, this is really important to me. I mean, I can't go back home to northeast Indiana or as I'm campaigning around the state of Indiana, explain to Hoosiers why we're, we spent over one hundred and fifty billion dollars now in Ukraine. And we can't secure our own border. I mean, we have fentanyl flooding into this country, killing thousands of working-age Americans every month, the, the, the leading cause of death of Americans my age, of working age, of military-eligible age, because we have a wide-open border. We've, we had more b- illegal border crossings over the last month of the record high illegal border crossings. More illegals have crossed over into this country in the last month than the entire population of the city of Fort Wayne, the second-largest city in Indiana. So how do we continue to explain that when the establishment of both parties are funding and have more of a focus on Ukraine than they do the United States of America. And Speaker McCarthy put a put a stop to that in the uh, the spending bill that passed uh, over the weekend. So that that's one you know one one good part of it. But I'm frustrated because there are lots of other things that we promised the American people we would do with our majority. And I think that that's where the frustration is. But I, I don't support the motion to vacate replacing the speaker at this point. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. And frankly, I'm, I'm worried about the alternative. Some of these yahoos want to uh, prop up another guy uh, to replace McCarthy with that voted for amnesty and a bunch of transgender bills. He's hostile to Donald Trump, who's going to be our Republican nominee. So why, how are we better off with replacing McCarthy with a guy like that when McCarthy's been strong on stopping uh, – the blank checks to Ukraine. He's been strong on making sure no vote comes to a, a, a vote. No bill comes to a vote on the floor of the Congress that gives amnesty to illegals. 
um, and has a focus on the these appropriation bills. And I'll, I'll, I'll quit uh, rambling with this, guys. But for the first time in 30 years, we're going through each of the 12 appropriation bills on the floor with an open process where members can offer amendments. And Speaker McCarthy has made, made this happen over the last few weeks. We have many, many midnight, uh, late nights, uh, going through dozens, hundreds of amendments to all these appropriations bills so that we can cut across the board. I mean, I think a, a 30% cut in these appropriation bills of spending, uh, and, the, and, and, and that, that's what it's going to take to get our country back on track is, is that process. And that's, that, that's what I'm focused on. Let's, let's, Let's get serious about the job at hand and focus on that rather than the personality conflict. Congressman uh, Jim Banks here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. One more thing before we let you go, Congressman. The uh, op-ed you had in the Indy Star. I, I feel like I feel like energy is a big deal coming into this 2024 uh, presidential election. And you had a long piece about Joe Biden and his detrimental policies towards uh, the auto industry and uh, fossil fuels and and gas powered cars, and I, I was wondering if you could just, you know, you don't have to spend five minutes on it or anything, but it just maybe kind of run us through exactly what that op-ed had to do with. Yeah, look, I, I'm the son of a factory worker, a, a union man. Uh, my dad retired from a, a factory that made he made axles uh, all of his life in that factory, and. Um, I, I'm just telling you that the, the traditional Democrat union voters are 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 solidly behind Donald Trump, behind Republicans, because we we represent working class Hoosiers and Americans better than the Democrats do. And and to your case in point, what the Democrats have done to make America uh, energy uh, dependent on foreign countries rather than being independent. Um, driving up energy costs is one good reason why working class families are saying we can't afford for Democrats to be in control any longer. Another another big, big reason why is interest rates. I mean, I hear this everywhere I go, 8% interest rates for a home loan. First-time home buyers can't buy a... It's crazy. Can't, you can't get married to your wife and go buy yeah. your first uh, home because you can't afford it. Or you're stuck in a home that you can't get rid of because of, because you're, you, you'd have to sell it and go buy something else and lose a lot of money. That's because of Democrat policies... That are that are opposite of, of working class policies that hurt working class Americans, and this is where Republicans are going to win big in 2024, win back the White House, win the Senate, grow the House majority, and then we can save this country with a focus on those the, the new what I call the new Republican Party, a party that represents working class voters in this country, and uh, that, that's what I'm at the forefront of helping to make happen as I run for the United States Senate. Indiana Rep. Jim Banks. Congressman, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Have a good day. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. All right, we will. Uh... You know what? Just get on with it. Let's go. Let's do it. You know the thing. <laughs> Is this anything? The 2023 Miss USA pageant was held Friday night. Here's this year's winner. Now, oddly enough, the female hosts had multiple opportunities to announce her name, but instead just kept yelling out, Utah! And now, Miss USA 2023 is Utah! Congratulations, Utah! 
What's her name? Utah! What is this person that would be funny if Johnny Utah from Point Break <laughs> walks walked out there? Out Keanu Reeves out there. Her name is uh, Nolia Voigt, by the way, and she is a stunner. Yeah, that was pretty unusual. At one think? point, I, could you just say Nolia Voigt? That's her name. Like, just once. I get it. Everybody knows her by the state, but she deserves to have her name called one I time. Wish, I wish she would have. I wish she would have been from Omaha. And then we could have spliced in some Peyton Manning. Omaha! Now, Omaha's not a state, so that's probably problematic. What did I say? Omaha. But oh, they, they yelled a state. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That, that was a failed joke. <laughs> but you know what's not a failed joke? Great moments in pageant history. Oh, no. I think you know where we're going. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Teen South Carolina. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. No. Why do you think this is? <laughs> I personally believe that uh-huh. U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And sure. uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, <laughs> our education over here in the U.S. should this. help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future. Thank you very much. (laughs) And poor A.C. Slater on the other side of that during the Uh, interview, Mario Lopez, Uh, he's nodding his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. Okay, thank you. (laughs) So bad. Yeah, I don't think any of that was anything. Got it. Whatever. I still think they should have said Omaha. Whatever. Is this (laughs) anything? Omaha! A Wisconsin woman is accused of driving under the influence, getting into an accident, and then drinking a hard seltzer in a gas station (laughs) after the accident occurred. Here is the victim of the crash confronting the DUI suspect. So why are you trying to buy more alcohol after you done hit my car? Can you not solve her reason a four-car accident outside your thing? You can't drink that in here. She just literally just had a four-car accident outside your establishment. The cops are outside already. You see them? You got to play that over again because obviously whoever this woman is is not saying anything. She doesn't care, but the only noise that you hear is her popping the hard <laughs> seltzer can. <laughs> so why are you trying to buy more alcohol after you done hit my car? Can you not solve her reason a four car accident outside your thing? You can't drink that in here, lady. She just literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's. I mean, it's not funny. She got a DUI. She shouldn't be doing that. But she was like in total effort mode at this point. Or was she not? I mean, I mean the damage well. has already been done at this point. When in Rome. You don't want to ruin your buzz. Yeah, exactly. Might as well chug another one before the cops get there and take you into the drunk tank. Here's one that will make you feel a little old, a little closer to the crypt. Good Lord. A woman born in 1997 has gone viral with a video asking, quote, 
older people what they did before you could look things up on the internet hey this is a genuine question to like older people what did you do before you could look something up like if you saw someone and you were like oh they remind me of that actor what was that what's his name like and none of your friends knew would you go to a library like jet and like okay without google maps like i know that there was map quest but before that like genuinely what would you do would you just accept not knowing like, I would please stitch this and tell me because I genuinely do not understand <laughs> how I would survive. Gotcha. Didn't did say the word genuinely and like nine times each there. Mix in a few Utahs and maybe oh, she could do next year's God. pageant. I, I swear. I, I What did we do? You let's, remembered let's things. Back. Like, if you wanted to go to Florida, you drove south, you probably, you know, got a map from a store, and you used the map to go. Would you use a, a Sharpie, a marker, to map out your way? You could. Yeah. You had to actually remember things back then. Like, if you wanted to remember who the actor was that played a role, like she talked about, you had to do the crazy thing of remembering the actor. Or... I don't know. There was these things called encyclopedias. Sure. Now, again, I, I have to, you know, I have to say, I got to give her a little grace because I just said Omaha was a state and not a city in Nebraska. So I got to give her a little. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel I, like if you wanted to drive to Florida and the internet was not a thing that could happen, I have confidence <laughs> you could make it. I really do. Just follow the street signs, people. That's all you got to do. Go south, see palm trees, go to the water, and then navigate in. You're going to be just fine. Omaha! It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, man, Hammer. First, it was the assistant chief of police, IMPD, calling for a complete overhaul of the criminal justice system here in this city. Now the head of the Indiana State Police calling for an overhaul of the criminal justice system in this city, Doug Carter. So this past Friday... I believe Fox 59 had the story about this guy who killed three people last week because he was driving erratically at around 120 miles per hour. He killed his brother, his cousin, and an innocent woman. Now, you would think that is severe enough to be locked up or have a very high bail, one of the two. Not the case in Marion County. Judge Jennifer Prince Harrison... A Holcomb appointee, mind you. No kidding. Denied a request for a higher bond and allowed this guy to be released on just $1,000 cash. So if you break it down, it's approximately $333 per life lost. State Police Superintendent Doug Carter. We've had him on the show before. Sometimes I've agreed with him. Sometimes I haven't agreed with him. But I'm all in on Doug Carter with this one here. He's attempted to call this judge. Judge Jennifer Prince Harrison was told that she doesn't take phone calls and that she won't even talk to the superintendent of the Indiana State Police. Well, she doesn't owe anybody an explanation, right? Here is uh, what the state superintendent, Doug Carter, had to say to Jenny Drazler of Fox 59. This young lady that was sitting in a car was kidded at 120 miles an hour. Hit so hard it removed her car engine, and she's worth three hundred and thirty dollars because of a thousand dollar bond. 
It's unconscionable. There has to be fear in the system. If not, we're going to lose a civilized society. I know it's a strong statement, but we are going to lose the safety and security of the way in which we live if this doesn't change. So two people in his immediate family and an innocent woman were gunned down by a lunatic going 120 and that's 333 bucks per person he killed, and he's back out on the streets not, right now. Not gunned down. He, he was killed him in a car accident, well, right? Yeah. You're right. Not yeah. shot. But, I, you know, the hick in me, when you gun it, you go really fast, <laughs> 120 miles per hour in a residential area. This is ridiculous. Now. And this is not the first time we've heard from somebody high up in law enforcement, Chris Bailey. Uh, right. Assistant Chief Bailey has said the same thing uh, last week about the criminal justice system. And as much as we want to flame Ryan Mears, and he deserves it because he's awful at his job, again, this judge was a Holcomb appointee. And if you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, that name sounds familiar, this is the same judge who a year ago went soft on a teenager on the South Side of killing three people three friends, she gave the order releasing Caden Smith along with throwing out key pieces of evidence in the case. So, a reminder for that case, if you don't remember, the IMPD detectives say they found a gun matching bullet fragments in the boys' bodies in this guy's home, along with bulletproof vests, bags of drugs, several cell phones, and internet searches like does freezing a gun remove DNA? How many deaths is considered a mass murder? But this judge, Marion County's Jennifer Harrison, ruled that law enforcement violated this guy's Fourth Amendment rights in the search warrant, even though the original warrant was signed and approved by another judge. This judge sucks. She also suppressed key evidence in the case, including the alleged murder weapon. So this is what's happening. This is our life here in Marion County. It doesn't matter who appoints these people, whether it's Holcomb, whether it's, you know, Ryan Mears. It doesn't matter. The justice system in Marion County sucks right now. It's a laughing stock. Speaking of law and order, Nige, President Trump speaking in Anaheim over the weekend, offered his solution to solving the dramatic increase in these high-profile smash-and-grab and looting incidents like we've seen in Target stores and most recently in Philadelphia. And we will immediately stop all of the pillaging and theft. Very simply, if you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot as you are leaving that store. I wish Donald wow. Trump would be the one doing it. And I will be the one <laughs> pulling the trigger. I will have a 12-gauge standing outside of Target, <laughs> unloading on the looters. <laughs> uh, that same speech in Anaheim, uh, we got Donald Trump's thoughts on the political strategy of his opponents. But if you become president and you don't like somebody, or if somebody's beating you by 10, 15, or 20 points like we're doing with... Crooked Joe Biden. Let's indict the motherfucker. Let's indict. <laughs> okay. Got an MF well, out of the old man. Is Nige. that the first time we've had an MF? I, I feel like there's been another time. I, I, don't I know. think we, there's we, been we, an it, F. I don't know if there's <laughs> been an MF. 
I'm trying to remember. I believe there was an F, but I don't know if we got the MF. Okay. Now, earlier today, uh, Donald Trump, in that civil fraud trial in New York, uh, spoke after the court proceedings, and it sounds like he's not a big fan of what's happening. They, I mean, at one point, there's cameras in the courtroom hammer, and the camera pans around to the judge that's presiding over this case, and he takes his glasses off and just kind of smiles at the camera like it's right. a big joke. We're going to be here for months with a judge that already made up his mind. It's ridiculous. He's a Democrat judge. He's an operative, and it's ridiculous. Other than that, things went very well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, didn't Jim Banks tell us earlier that he went to get McDonald's afterwards? Yeah, there was a McDonald's run. <laughs> of course there was. And that wasn't it. He had his whole legal team. Um, multiple lawyers, the super hot Alina Haba, she was there. And again, after the court, um, let's go to uh, Bill Maher over the weekend. Bill Maher had his program on Friday night. And listen, Bill Maher, I think, is in the same category of a lot of Democrats. They hate Donald Trump, but they realize they can't win with Joe Biden. And this was his message to Joe. And finally, new role. Someone has to convince President Biden that if he runs again, he's going to turn the country back over to Trump and go... And go down in history as Ruth Bader Biden, the person who doesn't know when to quit and so does great damage to their party and their country. It's like he's saying the quiet part out loud that nobody in politics, nobody that has an official capacity wants to talk about. Right. Nobody in the Democrats. You talk about the Democrats being a unified party. They all agree with what. Bill Maher is saying, but they won't say the they won't say it out loud. It's they it's, want to be good foot soldiers, yes, and support the corpse that they propped up there to be the nominee. <laughs> um, it was an interesting show because Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, was his guest before that little final monologue there, and you know Bill Maher. Don't get it twisted. He's not your friend. He's not your buddy guy. He's still a super leftist. He might not be a lunatic leftist, but he's still super left. He questioned why Ron DeSantis would campaign for some of these Republicans who denied the results of the election. But Trump lost the election, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So why did you campaign for people? Who because I wanted to see Republicans win key races. And I that's, think it's important. That's not a deal breaker issue for you. That's not democracy. Well, okay. Okay, well, let's go back to 2016. Uh, your friends in Hollywood were cutting ads telling the Electoral College to, to vote against Trump in, in the Electoral College because it was stolen. They said Russia stole the election. For years they said that. So don't act like this is like okay, a unique well, thing in modern history of the country. First, Absolutely. First of all, Ron, I have no friends in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, I think Stacey Abrams is still denying the results of the Georgia election. Right. I think... It, Hakeem it, Jeffries has denied yeah. his way into being the second most powerful man in the House of Representatives. Hillary Clinton went on record as saying that Joe Biden should not concede should Donald Trump win the 2020 election. Right. So, he's so right. And Bill Maher goes after these guys. Like, I listen to his podcast sometimes, and when the subject of Trump comes up, it's also, it's all election, election, election. And when his party does the exact same thing. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Crime. Punishment. Judges. 
illegal stuff. Uh, so this chick is suing Disney World because she says she received a painful wedgie oh. when going down the water slide. It caused internal injuries, <laughs> scarring mental anguish at hospital bills. Her name is Emma McGinnis. She says she took a ride on the <laughs> Humunga Cowabunga <laughs> water slide when the wedgie occurred. That's what she yelled when the uh, wedgie occurred. Humunga Cowabunga! Ow! wondering because I just discovered this the other day my uh, the, the female portion of my family told me that there's a such thing as a wedgie of course we don't know what a wedgie is right do we know what a wedgie yeah, is when, when the, the underwear, underwear goes all the way up your butt crack and it makes it real tight and then sometimes goes all the way up if somebody's giving it to you yes um but there's also a female version of the wedgie called the v- veggie Oh, <laughs> Allison, did you know this? Was this something you were aware of and did not tell us? I did not um, know. That's what they called it. Um, so these are two like human anatomy things that I've I've discovered in recent months. The the stuff at your elbow, the the loose skin at your elbow is called the weenus. The weenus, yes. And then a female females can get wedgies, but they're called veggies or maybe vaggies. I don't know. It's either an E or an A. If you are a woman that has either given or receiving one of these, please tweet at us, at Hammer and Nigel. Let us know if this is a real thing. And they talk about this in one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, ladies and gentlemen, Seinfeld. Why do they call it a wedgie? Because the underwear is pulled up from the back until it wedges in. They also have an atomic wedgie. Yeah. Now, the goal there is to actually get the waistband on top of the head. <laughs> Very rare. That's what you were talking about, the atomic wedgie. Yes. Yeah, rare occasions, and you have to have somebody wearing, like, the uh, the waistband that can go up at the atomic wedgie. Do you yes. think, just real quick before we move on, do, do, you, do we think this civil lawsuit is going anywhere? For this lady suing for the wedgie? No. No. No, I think the judge is going to throw that out, and then they're going to give her a wedgie for wasting their time. (laughs) Or maybe a vaggie. I don't know. Uh, If you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, we have multiple reasons. Now, it's Moonshine Monday, and we've got that coming up a little bit later on. Oh, I forgot about that. But 46 years ago, on this very date, your boy was born. It's my birthday. Happy birthday. 46 years of kicking ass on God's green earth. Cheers. If that's not enough for you, how about this? 41 years ago today, in 1982, Jack and Diane, my old Johnny Cougar, hit the number one spot on the pop singles chart. Very nice. So, in honor Great song. of this amazing moment in music history... I think you guys know where we're going. Here is Jack and Diane, but all the lyrics have been changed to just sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog, <laughs> sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog. Here we chili go. Dog. Sucking on a chili dog. Everybody, sucking on a chili, sucking on a chili dog. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock. Oh man, Hammer. 
The government's still open. Oh. No shutdown. <laughs> but uh, but you guys want the government to close. You must hate the military. Wah! Wah! 45-day stopgap, so they kicked the can down the road again. You knew that they were going to do this. Right. This is not, I mean, this is, we're going to have to go through this uh, all again in 45 days. And as we said last week, and as we've said before, it's not about the title of the bill, right? The keeping the government open bill. We want to fund the military, give them payments. That part's all great. It's all the pork and bull crap that gets thrown in the back end of that that people have a problem with. I think it's fair to say everybody's okay with the military getting paid. Nobody has a problem with that. But if you're telling me that we've got all this money for Ukraine, not enough for us, and all these sweetheart deals happening also in the bill, that is where the debates come. And man, this weekend, Freedom Caucus member Matt Gates, he was fired up at House Speaker Kevin McCarthy because it sounds like with this 45-day kick-the-can-down-the-road bill that they came up with, there's a little caveat to that. McCarthy may have promised the Dems some more money in a separate bill for Ukraine. Well, Matt Gates didn't like that, and here he is with Jake Tapper talking about his Speaker of the House. Speaker McCarthy made an agreement with House conservatives in January, and since then, he has been in brazen, repeated material breach of that agreement. Uh, this agreement that he made with Democrats uh, to really blow past a lot of the spending guardrails we had set up is a last straw. And then overnight, I learned that Kevin McCarthy had a secret deal with Democrats on Ukraine. So. As he was baiting Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution without Ukraine money, saying that we were going to jam the Senate on Ukraine, he then turns around and makes a secret deal. Now, I know you and I probably have different views on U.S. involvement in Ukraine, but however you think about that question, it should be subject to open review analysis and not some backroom deal. So, so I do motion intend, to vacate tomorrow? I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this Whoa. week. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy. So I'm out of there. And that is a little shady, if what he says, Matt Gates is saying is true. Kevin McCarthy doing back alley behind the door deals with Democrats on separate bills for Ukraine? Right. So Gates is basically saying McCarthy came to them, look, there's no funding to Ukraine in this bill. This being the key yep. word there. <laughs> he didn't say there wouldn't be more in another bill. Well, here now is the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy responding on the floor to Matt Gates. If somebody wants to make a motion against me, bring it. There has to be an adult in the room. I like the pregnant pause there. That shows you how really intense it was. Bring it. All right, so follow me here. Okay. Here now is Matt Gates responding to Kevin McCarthy, who was <laughs> responding to Matt Gates in the first place. Kevin McCarthy's going to get his wish. I don't think the adult in the room would allow America to sit atop a $33 trillion debt facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. I don't think the adult in the room would allow $8 trillion of this this debt to come into refinancing at a higher level without serious spending cuts. And I don't think the adult in the room would 
lie to House conservatives. And that is exactly what Kevin McCarthy did. In January, to get the speakership, Kevin had to agree to certain guardrails on spending. And he had to agree to a process that would allow us to put some downward pressure on spending. Since the mid-90s, this country has been governed by revolving continuing resolution and omnibus spending bill. And what that means is that America's lawmakers take one up or down vote on the funding of the entire government. That is crazy. That is the reason we're 33 trillion in debt. We want to move to single subject spending bills. So he made that commitment. He broke it. And if at this time next week, Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House, it will because be because the Democrats bailed him out and he can be their speaker, not mine. Hello. So basically, they're not going to be Euchre partners. That's what no? I've taken from that. Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy. Now, on the subject of the adult in the room, Joe Biden gave a speech about the government shutdown and his thoughts on what Kevin McCarthy is going through. I hope this experience for the speaker has been one of a personal revelation. I'm not being facetious. I, uh, um, anyway. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Look at the breathing there at the. Uh, Anyway. That wasn't edited in any way, <laughs> which brings us to great moments in Biden. Anyway, history. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. <laughs> great moments in Biden. Anyway, history. Nige, yeah. we've got a uh, special message here. Okay. Uh, we've been we celebrating have? my birthday oh, yes. this afternoon. 46 years old. Happy 46, man. Thank you very yeah. much. And here with a birthday greeting is AI Joe Biden. Hey, Jason. Happy birthday, you fat sack of crap. <laughs> yeah, that's right, you tub of guts. I know who you are. I've heard your little radio show you do with that bloated drunk named Nigel. <laughs> anyway, as you know, I've been keeping busy lately. <laughs> in between unintentional naps, falling off of bicycles, and nibbling on terrified babies like a duck going after kibble. Mmm, babies. Num, 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 nummy, 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 nummy. I've got loving in my tummy. Oh golly, I love babies. I'll bet you were a real butterball of a baby yourself, weren't you, Gugut? What did your poor mother use for formula there, Flubber Blubber? Oh, come on. A blend of powdered donuts and biz quick? Maybe. Anyway, hope you have a nice time at whatever low-grade, all-you-can-eat buffet you go to tonight to celebrate. I'm sure you can't wait to finish the show and run right over there so you can wrap your big, fat mouth around the soft-serve machine. Right, pork chop? Want a digestion tip? While you're stuffing your fat face with popcorn shrimp, try not to think about Tony Katz bending over naked and applying moisturizer to his tank. Oh, oh what the? Oh. My best to Matt Bear in traffic. Oh. What's with that guy's voice? Is that an act or is he not getting enough fiber in his diet? <laughs> Speaking of fiber, I got to go. Feels like the old turd burglar's getting ready to pay the presidential jockeys a visit. So happy birthday, you fat f- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the president wow. of the United States, kind of, AI Joe Biden. <laughs> 
the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Hammer, right over there with a special guest on the 93 WIBC hotline. Kevin Bowen is one half of the morning show on our sister sports station, 107.5 The Fan. KB, I'm listening to you guys this morning, and a lot of the callers are happy. They're excited. They feel good about it. I don't know if I feel the same way. Am I like the Lone Ranger here? Because that first half I watched of the Indianapolis Colts was about as bad as it gets. Yeah, and I don't think that should be ignored. And I would agree, uh, Hammer, it felt like most of the callers today were pretty pleased. And again, I think individually, Anthony Richardson, what he showed you in the fourth quarter, you got to love, you know, so many people offering praise for the comeback. Well, why did you need a historic comeback? And it was because it really got awful start. I mean, it's hard to get down 23 in this league, and they did that. And I think the disappointment for me is because, you know, the Rams, you, I should say, the Colts look like the Pacific time zone team that has played on Monday night and had traveled multiple time zones home and then back for a you know 10 a.m. local time kick. And so, uh, you know, how would this team react to a win? How would they react to a week in which, I should say back-to-back wins, how would they react to a week in which you know, they've been praised a whole lot publicly and clearly uh, they did not get off to a good start at all. Um, so if you're going to praise Shane Steichen for the resiliency and toughness of this football team, well, don't you also have to criticize him for just how big of an egg they laid and just some of the stupid self-inflicted mistakes early on in that game, too, which led to a big deficit. Again, I thought Richardson, what he showed in the fourth quarter is very promising, but still, there was a lot of negatives early in that game to get down 23-0. What uh, what happened there in overtime? It seemed Who was that guy that caught the game-winning touchdown? Puka. Puka Nakua, yeah. It seemed like he was able to pirouette into the end zone. Like, he do-si-doed into that thing. He was so (laughs) wide open. Where, I mean, that was, was that that a third down throw? That was a third and four, Nigel. It looked like a little, uh, that social distancing defense by the Colts that we want to dial it back to a couple years ago. And and again, of all the guys, Puka Nakua's got a funny name. He's a very good football player. He's a rookie, but has already been outstanding early in his career. Up to that point, Matthew Stafford had thrown the ball in his direction nine times in the game, and he caught eight of those nine, which for those kind of unfamiliar, that is an extremely high ratio for a receiver. You know, it's not like this is some dink and dunk to a tight end. But that's what Stafford does, though, isn't it, KB? Like, when Cooper Cup was healthy, he was that guy, and now it's this new kid. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think the frustration, again, becomes with, you know, your defensive plan was unable to quiet, limit him, however you want to describe it. And then overtime gets there. And, you know, for those that have seen the play, clearly there's some miscommunication between Kenny Moore and the rookie Juju Brents. Uh, and then when the snap happens, they both go to the, the second-string tight end, Bryson Hopkins. <laughs> and in my opinion, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I certainly would have said this, you know, at the start of overtime, it's almost like when you break the huddle from the sideline at that point of the game, it should be one, two, three, anybody but Puka. Like, literally, yeah. anybody but him. In the first play of overtime, he makes the big play. And then again, uh, there on the lone third down, it was a pretty seamless drive for Matthew Stafford. Uh, he is wide the blank open and then gets into the end zone. So I think that's what adds to the frustration. Yep. Yes, you can sit here and again, throw in the individual performance of Anthony Richardson and the expectations for this season weren't very high. But the reality is this. The Rams are a middling NFC team. They had a lot of disadvantages advantages at play for them.
them coming into this game. And for the seventh straight game, if you're a Colts season ticket holder, you've walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium and seen a losing team play at home. I mean, that's seven straight home losses. Uh, it's one of the longest in the era of the Indianapolis Colts. So I think it's fair to have some frustration while also acknowledging, again, individually, Richardson's development is certainly paramount. Kevin Bowen joining us from 107.5 The Fan. So, looking at the calendar, if I'm putting my Beach Grove High School and Ball State education to work here, KB, I see that we are now past week four, which means that Jonathan Taylor can come off of the pup list. Will we see him with the football in his hands Sunday when the Titans come to town? Yeah, again, still kind of waiting confirmation on that. I'd be a little bit surprised. I mean, we can debate how healthy he's been or, or, or not been over the last 10 months. The reality is he has not participated in a Colts practice due to some sort of physical slash contractual issue uh, since December 16th of last season. And, I mean, if you add up all the practices the Colts have had since then, I mean, you're getting, you know, in the 50 range. So, you know, if I'm going off past precedent, just putting the contract thing to the side, if I go off past precedent, the guy that misses 50-some straight practices, he's probably not going to play with just three days of ramp-up time. Now, I think you probably have to acknowledge, too, you know, he plays a position where you obviously can rotate guys, and it's not like he needs to be out there for, you know, his normal workload, per se. And I think a lot of this depends on what does Taylor want and what does the Colts want. Does Taylor view this as a four-game audition, if you will, for other teams around the league with the NFL trade deadline coming up on Halloween? Do the Colts view it as something of like, hey, we need you now. It's a critical divisional game. We, you know, we only get you for six or eight carries. We'll we'll happily take that. There's so many fascinating storylines to this, but again, just going off of how NFL guys who have usually missed that much time, and we do know Taylor had surgery in January, so clearly there's some physical issue there. Um, I, I would venture to guess that this Sunday is a bit of a long shot. Hey, babe, by the way, KB, just real quick, you owe me like $150. I, uh, I, I'm going to place a bet on anytime touchdown score. And I was, I was yeah, thinking about doing Moali. I was thinking about doing Moali Cox. And so I go, I'll text Kevin Bowen because he had a great, he had a great stat. Uh, last 16 games, only 10 total catches. The tight end, Moali Cox. I go, I'm not betting on that guy anytime touchdown score. And then lo, lo and behold, oh, I there you go. Due, so, uh, I met, I met, I met he was due for a Oh, oh you met him. Dude, damn it. Okay. All right, fine. Uh, KB, one more thing here before we let you go. I find myself yelling at the television, yelling at the radio because of the lack of production of Alec Pierce. This guy was drafted to be the, the home run hitter. He was athletic. He's tall. You could throw him those jump balls. He's the white Randy Moss. Let's go. And the dude has been a non factor. Is he a bust? Yeah, I, I think right now, considering where he was drafted, he certainly has not lived up to what you would have hoped for. Um, now, again, this is a year and a half into his NFL career. You know, Reggie Wayne, his position coach, would be the first one to point out to you. It took Reggie, you know, two more like three years. Now, Reggie would say he, he thought he had earned a spot a little higher on the depth chart at that point, and there were some injuries that played into it. Pierce, for the most part, has been pretty healthy. Um, to me right now, Hammer, it, it, he's a one-trick pony, and you saw the one trick on Sunday. I mean, he hasn't ability to make some deep 
ball plays. Um, Anthony Richardson, that kind of plays into his strength as well. We haven't seen a lot of that dialed up this season. But I think to be more of a complete wideout, to not be kind of an obvious guy on a scouting report, you've got to be able to do a little bit else. And I don't feel like that has been there for him. So um, that is something that, you know, he's got to kind of round out his route tree, if you will, become a little bit more of a complete wideout. And the Colts desperately need it because, again, the support for Anthony Richardson is paramount moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, right now, you know, again, where he was drafted, he certainly has not lived up to it. You know, a lot of people would, would, would counter and say, well, it's still early in his career. He hasn't even reached the midway point of that. That's fair. Um, the deep play potential is something he showed as a rookie. And, again, he showed it yesterday. You just need more of it. And, frankly, yesterday – I, I throw all the wideouts together. You, you can't have a game where your top three wideouts, Michael Pittman, Alex yeah. Pierce, and Josh Downs, combine for four catches. I mean, this is this is the NFL. The four pass has been around for quite a while here. You, you, you cannot have that poor of a day from your wideout group. So I did think that was something that was a factor yesterday. 30 seconds are left, though. Is that Richardson's fault? Because Richardson, his scouting report from Florida was a guy that didn't really throw the ball to the wide receivers well. He was just a dynamic athlete that can make plays. Yeah, I think it's a little bit everybody. I mean, again, Richardson was 44% yesterday from a completion percentage standpoint. That's not the end-all, be-all, but you need that number to be higher. He showed some big playability yesterday, but you still have got to hit a few singles and doubles to stay out of obvious situations where Aaron Donald just pins his ears back and takes a number. So it, it, it's a little bit of your wideout group, certainly. It's a little bit of Richardson. I think it's some on play calling and some on the, on the personnel that Chris Ballard has gotten at the receiver position, which I think has been too underwhelming of a group in the Ballard era. So, uh, uh, if I had a slice of the pie, I, I'd say a little bit of everything. But, again, Richardson's strength as a thrower is supposed to be the default. So, theoretically, him and Pierce should have some sort of connection. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the year. Check him out on the morning show, 107.5 The Fan, KB and Andy. Kevin Bowen, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the WIBC hotline. She is one half of the Chicks on the Right, chicksontheright.com. Mock joins us. Hello. Hello, lovely lady. How are you? I'm good. Happy birthday. Aww, Thank you. Thank sweet. you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, you can send nudes to at Hammer and Nigel <laughs> on Twitter, Mock. Um, let's get into the blank show that was oh, over the God. weekend. I mean, we had a little bit of everything going on. We had people pulling fire alarms. We had people <laughs> fighting about Ukraine funding. Uh, the craziness of keeping the government open. I just want to get your opinion on everything you saw. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think you described it best in terms that, you know, we can't really say on the air. But it really was like a really, really busy news weekend. And I think my for sure my favorite part of all of it was the fire alarm incident. Like, that was <laughs> amazing. And my favorite part about that is the spin by so many Democrats who have decided that they don't have a problem with openly admitting that they're morons. <laughs> 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 they just keep tweeting out pictures of like 
signs that were in the um, little area that, that Bowman pulled the fire, fire alarm in, and they're saying things like, well, look at how confusing this sign is. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. we've known how fire alarms work since we were in kindergarten, and Bowman, of all people, should know because he was a school principal. Yep. <laughs> so for him to pretend that he's like, I thought it was going to open the door. I right. mean, it's just ridiculous. So either the excuse is one of two things. Either you did this intentionally and you were trying to sabotage a vote, or you're quite possibly the most ignorant man I've ever seen in my life. One or two of those is the excuse. Neither one of them is good. No, neither one of them is good. Did you guys see um, AOC using it by saying he had a moment of panic trying to escape (laughs) the vestibule? That's what she actually said. Even Jake Tapper, I was watching that interview, Jake Tapper was like completely perplexed. So when you got, (laughs) when you get get a quizzical look from Jake Tapper, like, no, wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's when you know it's a bunch of BS. And we all know, look, the Democrats did not want this vote to happen because they wanted the government to shut down because they wanted to blame Republicans. Right, but I think some of them were like, well, doesn't it always hold that the the party in power is who gets blamed? So I think there was probably a little bit of that in, in actually getting this to go through the way that it did. But I got to tell you, I I said it in our morning show this morning that I I don't know, you know, I know that Matt Gates and uh, Kevin McCarthy are like really, really sparring and that there's probably going to be this motion to vacate Kevin McCarthy this week. I just genuinely don't even know where I stand on that because because I'm so sick of all of them. Like, I just feel like the entire Republican Party is in such disarray right now that, I'm, that I, I just want to wash my hands of all of them. I do see where Matt Gates is like, he's like, look, the House Speaker kind of w- cut this backdoor deal with Democrats on UK- Ukraine funding and then came back here. And I know there's no funding for Ukraine in this stopgap thing, but when you got, when you got um, uh, uh, Schumer out there and, like, he was gleeful, saying, oh, this right. is a bipartisan stopgap. Trust me, there's going to be more funding. Uh, when Chuck Schumer's happy about something, it doesn't make me <laughs> feel good at all, Mock. No, I, I totally agree. And and most of the time when I hear Matt Gates making his points, I'm like, yeah, that makes absolute complete sense. But then, again, I just I look at just the fact that he's not really moving the needle and likely won't with this motion. And so then I go back to, my God, this is just a huge waste of time. And it's not accomplishing anything. And it's not helping pass any legislation. And it's just infighting. And I'm so sick of it. Doesn't it show, though, that I think as the times change, you know, as the years go by, there's two different types of Republicans now. And I think it took Donald Trump and his win in 2016 to really showcase this. There are the establishment folks that, you know, they hate change. They want to remain in power. They're big government, big spending, even though there's an R next to their name. And then there's a pocket group. They call themselves the Freedom Caucus. Uh, They feel like it's time for this swamp to be drained, and that includes Republicans. We need to focus on America first. I think the movement is behind the latter group there. They just don't have the number. Does that make sense, Mark? It totally makes sense. But what's interesting, too, is that Trump is on the other side of them. So if you look at, like, who he's supporting in this fight, he's all in behind McCarthy. 
And so it's really just this super interesting split because Trump, you would think, would be leading you know the charge behind the Freedom Caucus because that's where his base lies, but he's not. And so that throws a whole different wrench into everything that's happening in Republican politics right now. Like, it's really getting interesting. And then on top of that, you throw in this announcement that's taking place next week of RFK running as an independent. And I don't even know what next year is going to look like. It is going to be so, so crazy. So who does that hurt? Because we were having this debate over the weekend because at first glance, you would think, well, he's going to take votes away from the Democrat. But the more that I think about this, Mock, I'm not so sure about that. Um, Because Donald Trump is a guy that so desperately has to win over people who hate his guts. And I think because Joe Biden's such a disaster, there were people lined up to begrudgingly vote for Trump because even though he is unlikable, they thought the country was better. But now they've got another option. So who do you think this hurts? It's so interesting because we had that exact same conversation on our show this morning and neither one of us felt like we were solidly on either side of that debate because it's true. Like if you think about just historically who third party candidates hurt, it's the incumbent. And so it seems to, you know, it it makes sense, especially because he is ostensibly also a Democrat and he's simply moving to be an independent because the Biden administration is ignoring the fact that he exists. So he's like, nope, you're not going to ignore me. I'll just I'll just go out against you. And so you would think that just the math would work against Joe Biden. But for all the reasons that you just gave, um, this is a huge out for a lot of people who cannot stand either candidate, who think that they're both too old, too unlikable, too damaging and too divisive. And so now all of a sudden they have RFK Jr., who is a Democrat and who many of his policies I absolutely cannot stand. But there are going to be people who are sick and tired of Trump's crap and sick and tired of Biden's destruction of the country who are just desperate for a third option and will compromise some of their dislikes about RFK's policies and go with him. And by the way, I don't know who it's going to hurt more. Well, here, big picture for the Democrats. When you talk about, you mentioned it earlier, the split, the fracture in the Republican Party. The Democrats are a unified front, are they not? I mean, that's a one big advantage that they have. They are all in. They might not say it out loud because I don't think a lot of Democrats want Joe Biden to run, but they are certainly a unified front. Without question, and that that helps them yes. a great deal. But I mean, think of—I know that a lot of traditional Democrats do not like RFK. They, you know, they've done a good job as painting him as like this weird, wacky conspiracy theorist and an anti-vaxer. But when you listen to him actually talk about those things and explain himself, I and and if he has more of a platform and an opportunity to do that, he is going to bring a lot of people over to his cause. And I just don't have a good sense. I wish I did about who that will impact more. I just think it's going to go... I mean, there is a possibility he could win. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because think about this. Never in the entire history of politics in this country have people been universally more against the dual party system than they are right now. True. And so if there was ever a year for an independent to break out and actually shake things up, especially one like RFK Jr., who is so determined to end corruption in politics, man, this is the year. 
And if you're somebody that's a Trump supporter, the reason I think you keep an eye on this is because the pathway to winning the Electoral College, to winning the presidential election, is very small for Donald Trump. I mean, if he wins some of these swing states, yes, absolutely. But Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, Arizona, these are states that Donald Trump has to win. And on election night, there has to be a cushion because you know what's going to happen when all the mail-in votes come in. Right. And if you've got some folks folks deciding to jump ship and go with RFK Jr., I think this hurts Donald Trump a little bit more just because the margin of error is so thin for him to win the presidency. I mean, you it's a solid, solid point. And it's why, you know, it's why it's just going to be probably the most exciting election year this country has ever seen. Like, this is going to be a crap show of epic proportions. And it's just going to be entertaining to watch, even though, of course, at the same time, it's like depressing as hell because it's our country <laughs> at stake. So, you know, the, the commentator, you know, and our jobs make this a very exciting time. But, but yeah, it, there's a lot writing on this election. It's, everybody gets sick and tired of hearing, this is the most important election of our lifetime. But man, it's sure shaping up that way. And speaking of crap shows of epic proportions, how about that GOP primary debate last Ooh. week? <laughs> oh my God. I was so mad. I was screaming at like so many different parts of that debate. It was such, it was such a waste of time. And so I think what made me the maddest was Dana Perino's closing question, because I was just so disappointed in her for asking such a ridiculous question like who are you going to vote off the island that's on stage with you right now i was so grossed out by that um but yeah the entire thing was just a, it was a it was an easy win for donald trump by not that's being it. there he ended up you know looking great as a result mock check her out she is one half of the chicks on the right chicks on the right.com macarena we appreciate your time love we'll talk soon Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's a very special uh, birthday edition of Moonshine Monday here on a Hammer and Nigel show. Happy birthday, Hammer. The real reality is whether it was my birthday or not, we were drinking some <laughs> moonshine today. Well, it is Moonshine Monday. <laughs> Please go back and listen to the first segment of this hour towards the end where AI Biden wished you a uh, wish, wish you a happy birthday. That was that was very, very funny. I lost some weight, <laughs> but AI Biden still he doesn't notice. Uh, hasn't he noticed. He didn't no. seem to notice there. So so we have got uh, some more stuff left over from our friends at Sugarlands Shine. Mm-hmm. You dropped off a just a treasure trove of different flavors, right? This is Mark Rogers' American Peach. Oh, yeah, that's the guy from the Moonshiners reality show. Okay. I went to Ball State with a guy named Mark Rogers. I think it was a different one. Okay. Anything with peach in it, you got me. I like the peach. All right. So, uh, fruity. <laughs> Inside joke. Moonshine Monday, everybody. Happy Cheers. Birthday. Thank you. Mmm. Woo! <laughs> did you not? Woo. You didn't put that one in the fridge, did you? No, that's warm. That's that's room temperature, my friend. Woo! Yeah. What are you doing for the birthday tonight? What's the plan? So you guys know our family by now. We're not big on like events like that. 
we're not the type of people that say, it's my birthday. You have to take me out tonight. And if you don't, there's going to be a fight. We're not those people. We don't do that at anniversaries. We don't do that with birthdays. We'll do something when we can. That's kind of the way we get not down in our house. Not even like a, a, a celebratory dinner. Like something, because I know you're trying to lose a bunch of weight there. You know, you weigh in every Friday. You know no, what I'm doing tonight? I'm no. going to cut the grass and I'm going to gamble on this awful football game tonight. Okay. Well, that's pretty much what I'm going to do. And then when the weekend rolls around and Crystal and I have time, we'll go out and do something then. But yeah, we're not those. We make fun of the people that expect things on their birthdays <laughs> and anniversaries. We make fun of those people together. <laughs> that's what keeps our relationship going. <laughs>